coming, oh glorious day. Isn't that going to be great? Welcome to all of you on this beautiful hot September day, and uh, fall is just around the corner, but not right now. It's supposed to be in the 90s all week, and uh, we're excited to have you here getting ready to start. I said we're excited to have you all here. I'm saying that because somebody has a special birthday this week. Happy birthday, Miss Chrissy. Oh, yeah. I can almost remember turning 60. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she, didn't turn, she didn't turn 60. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, it's great to have you all. So anyway, let's see what we have in the way of announcements. If you're visiting for the first time, please stop by our Welcome Center, and uh, we have a gift for you we'd love to give to you. And if you're visiting online for the first time, uh, use that QR code. Let us know that you're out there. That's always a joy for us to uh, see new people out there listening to us. It's exciting uh, to see what the Lord's doing there. Ushers, if you would like to usher, serve as an usher, please see Ken McKinney. We need ushers so that people can spread out the opportunities they have to, uh, to take up the offering. So it's exciting to do that. Harvest Teen Rally is this coming Saturday. See David Klingeman for details. We'll be taking the teenagers an all-day event. Great time. If you've never been to a teen rally, Harvest Teen Rally, you need to, uh, to go to this one. It's just, there's just great times for it. Rekindle Volunteer Meeting is next Sunday after the evening service, so uh, make sure that you're marking your calendars for that. And somebody handed me an announcement about something else that's next Sunday. Uh, Hope in Christ Ministry Meeting next Sunday after the evening service as well. See Miss Jeanette uh, if you have some uh, questions about that. And Missionaries of the Week are Joseph and Abby Hodges. Listen to what the Lord's doing there. I tell you, this is exciting. It's one of the... Uh, this is in the paragraph number two. It says that Fab Fabricio trusted Christ for salvation. That's exciting. Pray for Nixon, Olga, Rudin, uh, Concepcion, and uh, Rutio. I'm not sure how to pronounce that last one. Who they've been witnessing to, and they're asking that we would pray that they would uh, come to know Christ. Also. Their Bible college finished a great semester, and they now have students during internships in the Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, El Salvador, and Honduras. These uh, missionaries are getting the job done. That's an exciting thing for it. So uh, just pray for the Hodges as they're serving the Lord uh, down south, south in Central America. I think that's it. Let's have the men come, and we're going to take up the morning offering. Appreciate uh, all of you being here. If you're wondering about the flowers, maybe you knew and maybe you did not know, but Miss. Uh, Patty Dennison went to be with the Lord this week, and uh, we're rejoicing with that. This funeral is going to be tonight uh, at uh, 6 o'clock. The evening service will be Miss Patty's service, and so uh, the visitation is 4 to 6 before that. 
Uh, we would love to share uh, with you, with all of you, how the Lord has just used her over the years, and it's exciting to, to uh, be able to rejoice with her homegoing, and she literally is homegoing. The Lord just worked it out beautifully so that Pastor Brett and I could be there with Dan as uh, she uh, breathed her last breath and entered into eternity, and it was, she was, it was sweet, and, and honestly, she was at peace, and uh, what a joy it is. So, also, if you would, uh, pray Wednesday. Uh, I have a funeral that I'm doing, so uh, B.J. King's brother passed away at work. He's 48 years old, passed away at work this week, and I'll be doing the funeral on Wednesday. So if you would pray for B.J.'s family, I know they'd appreciate it. Brother Tim, would you ask God's blessing on the offering, on the service, and on the uh, Hans D. Hodges, please? Our dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for gathering us together around your word and for the ability that we have to gather here in America we ask now that you might take these gifts and offerings and use them to the furtherance of your glory, that they might be given with a joyful heart, that you might be able to bless them. And we thank you for the homegoing of Miss Patty and the tremendous ministry she had over many, many years and the rejoicing that we can have tonight as we remember her. And we thank you for the work that is being done in Honduras through the Hodges, the good report, the salvation, the opportunity of others to come to a saving knowledge of you, and then as they have grown and gone forth to internships across Central America, we just thank you for that and ask that you might have your continued blessing upon the ministry there, and we ask now that you might be with our hearts, that your Holy Spirit might find good ground in which to work as your word goes forth in the service this morning, in your name, amen. You can remain seated as we sing our first uh, hymn, which is, I will sing the one of the We're going to sing this morning about salvation. And uh, we were just talking in our college group about the wonderful salvation that we have. So we're going to sing this morning about that. We've got a new hymn of the month, which we'll get to in a little bit. We're gonna, you can remain seated as we sing, I will sing the wonder story. I will sing the wonder story of the Christ who died for me, how he left his home
shooting at this time. The Epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Romans, chapter 2. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds." To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law, and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. May the Lord prosper his word whereto he sent it. You may be seated. Aren't you glad there's no respecter of persons with God? The more I, I learn about myself, the more I see how wicked and sinful I am, the more thankful I get for that. Because I, don't, I wouldn't have chosen me if I was God. And, uh, and yet he, he decided to allow us to have this salvation. And because of that, burdens can be lifted at Calvary. So we'll sing three verses. You can remain seated during this song. Days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Second, cast your care on Jesus today. Leave your worry and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very dear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very 
referencing our new hymn of the month here, and you may have heard this. It was written by Adam Morgan, uh, who is the director of Majesty Music. He married uh, Pastor Pirate, Ron Hamilton's daughter. And he wrote this song, and as I was thinking of a hymn of the month, Pastor talked about how he's going to be focusing on salvation this month. And now uh, this, this fits perfectly, and it talks about how this was really the greatest story we could ever tell. And it talks about that story of Jesus Christ coming to earth to die for us. And so I'm going to sing the first verse. If you know it, sing along with me. And then we'll sing this first verse again with everybody. Sin, oops, my bed. Sin grips the heart of sin, a curse of fallen men. This pride and selfishness we hold inside. Though we were all condemned, we had a loving friend who came to save us. The greatest story ever told is of this Jesus. How he came to earth to rescue sinful men. Sent from the Father up above to sacrifice and love and take our place and give unending grace. Go ahead and stand with me as we will sing this first verse together. Sin grips the heart within a curse of fallen men. This pride and selfishness we hold inside. Though we were all
seated. We'll have a ladies' trio at this time. Take your Bibles to the book of Luke, the 18th chapter of the book of Luke. How great his love for us. Wow, and I like that uh, new song. I don't know it, but I'm going to learn it along with you. Uh, the greatest story ever told. It's always an exciting thing to listen to uh, the love of Jesus Christ. Good to have the stacks with us today. I didn't notice them here earlier, and all of a sudden I look back and I'm like, who's that guy with the mustache sitting over there? And it's Colton. I, thought, I did not recognize him at all. Uh, that mustache does a lot, but okay. I try, you know, when you've got this much real estate, you've got to do something. So uh, I, I did this. It's, I figure it's got to be a help. It can't be a hurt anyway. 
so tonight, is five, 4 o'clock, is the visitation, just to remind you, and then uh, we'll be going into the celebration of life uh, at 6 o'clock for Miss Patty. Looking forward to that. We've got special music and congregational singing and just a lot of wonderful things going to happen, and, and uh, we're just going to rejoice with, the, with her home going. But today, we are looking at what God has done, how great His love for us, that He would send His Son, Jesus Christ, and that Jesus Christ would accept uh, the, the uh, role of servant, the role of, of Savior, the role of, of someone who would die for us. And, and uh, he literally, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, that he submitted himself to the, to the cross. And it's, uh, it's incredible how much it is that, uh, that God loves us. Well, that's what we're looking at today. And today we're going to look at some people that God loves. Sometimes, in our minds, we think we know who it is that the gospel belongs to, right? We think, oh, you know, that person's right, that person's ready, that person's whatever. But it's an amazing thing in the scripture uh, that, you know, the, the call is for all, right? That is the call. Uh, whosoever shall come shall drink of this water. Uh, whosoever shall call of the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, come now, let us reason together, say the Lord. Uh, if any man be, you know, be burdened and heavy laden, let him come unto me and I will give him rest. Uh, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will open the door, I'll come in. Uh, the call is to all. And sometimes we forget that. We think we know who God wants to work with. And uh, often it's not who we think. And, and uh, so that's where we're at in, here in Luke chapter 18. Let's begin at verse 13 and we'll jump into this. All right? And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus says, I tell you that this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for every one that exalted himself shall be abased, and he that humbled himself shall be exalted. Father, as we look at your love, at your grace, at your mercy today, uh, may we be burdened for those around us. May we, like you, uh, have compassion upon the crowd uh, to be desirous that None should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And Father, we'll thank and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, in, in Luke chapter 18, you get a, a scenario of all kinds of different people. This, this story starts out, you remember, like, uh, you know, you've got the Pharisee, and he says, Lord, I am so glad that I am not like that person over there, that publican. And the publican is the one who's, who humbles himself before God and says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And while the Christian looking on the outside, or the Jew in this story looking on the outside in, says, wow, uh, that Pharisee, he's righteous, he's doing what he ought to do, he's living this life uh, exemplary. The Bible literally says that the Pharisee is the one who walks away because he's not repentant. He is the one that walks away without the gift of eternal life. But the publican, who no one thought should be coming, should be considered whose only consideration he has given is, Lord, I'm glad I'm not like them. That's the one that God works with. Sometimes we do this in our own, in our own uh, sphere of influence as we're trying to decide who should we share the gospel with. And if we're not careful, we say, oh, look, that's a good candidate for the gospel. And we overlook the ones that are ready. We overlook the ones that are willing and uh, this publican would have been overlooked by everyone else. But Jesus points out the publican. 
It is a wonderful thing as we see this scenario again and again played out here in Luke chapter 18. And, and what, I, what is emphasized again and again in Luke chapter 18 is the role of God's people. Because God's people in this, in this chapter, God's people are consistently getting in the way of the grace of God. They're consistently getting in the way of the grace of God. Here's this Pharisee, God's person, right? He's over there living the life that we think he should be living. We would look at the Pharisee and say, oh, what a godly man. And yet the Bible says that the publican walked away justified over the Pharisee who refused to humble himself and accept God's gift of salvation. It's an amazing statement. It's an amazing consideration. And God's people are the ones getting in the way. Well, let's keep going. Let me show you uh, how this continues to play out. Take a look at verse 16. But Jesus called unto them and said, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Jesus welcomes the little children. Now, you know, we know this, right? We sing it. Jesus loves the little children. We know Jesus loves the little kids. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We know that God loves children. We understand that. But often, they're the last ones that we consider sharing the gospel with. We're like, we, we overlook the kids for this and that and this. And, and sometimes, and I'm just telling you, honestly, even as a pastor, we've got, to, we've got to be careful. Sometimes we're like, if I get mom and dad, I get the kids. But maybe mom and dad aren't ready to hear the gospel and to listen. And we're often playing the role. Take a look at verse 15. Let me show you what happens in verse 15. It's kind of a, a sad commentary. It says, and they brought unto him also infants, and he would, that he would touch them. But his, when his disciples saw it, look what the disciples did. They rebuked them. Get those kids out of here. They're a nuisance. They're noisy. Someone said, and I believe this is an absolute truth, someone said a quiet church is a dead church. Think about that for a moment. You know, kids are noisy, and they can be frustrating, and they take a lot of work, and we have to do children's church, and we have to do Sunday schools, and we have to do nurseries. Isn't that such a burden? What would you want? A quiet church? I hope not. I hope not. That's not going to be the answer. We don't want a quiet church. We want God to make this a noisy church, a raucous church. I would rather deal with screaming kids all over the place than quietness. And here's what the disciples, the disciples are like, get those kids out of here. The kids are getting in the way. Don't you realize the master had... You know what Jesus says? Let them come. Let them come. All too often, when we're dealing with the gospel, Christian, we want to quantify who it is or qualify who it is. That person, that person, this is the one I want to do. Oh, I don't want to touch that person over there. They're not quite our kind of person. They're the publican that we wouldn't invite. They're the kids who are just getting underfoot and in the way. And Jesus is consistently saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. All ye that labor and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. This is the God that we're dealing with. He, he is a God who, who is not just for our sins only, right? But the sins also of the whole world. Take a look at verse 18. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, why callest thou me good? There is none good save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, 
uh, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet thou lackest one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Now listen up. Do works get us to heaven? It is not by works of righteousness we have done. Does keeping the law get you to heaven? But that's where this guy's faith is. And so Jesus said, hey, this is where your faith is. Are you doing this? Keep the law. He said, oh, yeah, I've been doing this since I was a kid. Jesus, it's an amazing thing as Jesus you know, says, do this, do that, do this. Talking about the law. He left out one major component of the law. Thou shalt not covet. And after the guy says, oh, I've been doing this, then Jesus says, okay, then take all of your stuff, get rid of it, and follow me. You know the rest of this story, right? The guy walks away. He does not. I want to point something out to you. It is an amazing thing that the publican had trouble getting to Jesus, the Pharisee getting in the way. The children had trouble getting to Jesus. The disciples got in the way. The one guy in this scenario that does not have any trouble getting to Jesus is the guy who everybody thought, wow, what a great Christian he would make. He's at the front of the line. He's the rich young ruler. Nobody gets in his way. He has a one-on-one conversation with Jesus. And he is the one person in this scenario that walks away saying, I don't want it. He's the one. Christian, I want us to understand this because we're dealing with the gospel. I want us to, to figure out that God has put people in our lives for a reason. And too often we get in the way thinking, oh, that's not the, I don't think this, oh, that one, that's the one. And we bring them in only to watch them, no, wait a minute. The God that we have, he, he is interested in everybody. And by the way, I want you to notice, he did not say to the rich young ruler, do you think Jesus knew that he was going to reject the gift of eternal life? I don't know if he knew it yet or not. You know, there's, we know that there's a point at which Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. I, I know that his, his deity was veiled, but at this point in his ministry, uh, there's at least two times that I can recall where the Bible says Jesus knew what was in their hearts. All right? But here's the point. Jesus didn't say, ah, you're, you're, you don't want one, uh, get out of here. That's not what Jesus did. Because Jesus is welcoming all. He is. He's welcoming all. Come on in. Come on in. The rich young ruler said, I don't want it. Jesus, oh, well, that's, it's a little tough. Uh, he says, I have kept all these from my youth up. Uh, he says, follow me in verse 22. And then it says in verse 23, when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through the eyes, a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And it's amazing because then the disciples are like, Wait, they that heard it said, Then who can be saved? Wait a minute. If, that, if that's not possible, then who can be saved? This, if this guy can't get to heaven, then who could? Right? He's such a good guy. And Jesus said, Things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Even this, even this guy can come to Christ. Even this guy. I'm saying this to us because I want us to understand that there's a, there's a lot of people out there that God's bringing across our lives, and his desire is for us to share the gospel with all of them.
Because we do not know where people are in their, in their walk and in their journey and what they might, how they might respond and what they might respond to. Uh, let's keep going. Let me show you another one. Here we are in verse 35. It says, And it came to pass that he was come nigh into Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they, they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passes by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Skip down, if you would, please, to verse 40. It says, And Jesus stood, stopped, and commanded him to be brought unto him. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that, thou, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, uh, thy faith, has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorifying God, and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. Isn't it amazing? Uh, you know, this is somebody, again, the average person is walking right by this person. I mean, they're, they're literally, they're, there's a crowd following Jesus, and there's a guy sitting off the side crying out, and everybody, is walk, everybody walks by. And it would be bad enough if that's all they did, just everybody walked by. But I skipped a verse. Let's go back and read that verse, verse 39. It says, And they which went before rebuked him, that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more, much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy. He's literally not just being ignored, but he's being scorned. I mean, this is, for whatever reason, this is that guy that nobody deemed worthy of their time and effort to get to Christ. Keep the kids away. The publican, he's standing afar off and he doesn't need to be over here. The only one that's ushered into the presence of Jesus is the rich young ruler. The blind man is literally rebuked. Shut up. Be quiet. The master's doing a job. He doesn't have time for you. That's the rebuke concept. Who is in our lives that we're forgetting about? That's what I want to point out to us today. Because the Savior of the world hasn't forgotten them. You know what he does? He stops. He stops. And he says, bring him to me. Bring him to me. I have no idea what might cause us to walk by people. Maybe, maybe the, uh, the color of their skin makes us feel uncomfortable. Maybe the way that they dress makes us feel uncomfortable. Maybe their lifestyle makes us feel uncomfortable. I, I would guess all these things might be true about this blind man who's over here. He's, it's very comfortable just to walk past him. It makes us feel better to walk past him. I don't know who God has brought into our lives but as we're talking about the gospel, what we have is a God who stops and says, bring him. I want to talk to that one. I, I, I don't want us, as we're, as we're getting into this, this, you know, this next month or so of, of sharing the gospel again and again and again and again, I don't want us to, to start handpicking because that's not the way this works. Oh, that's the one who, who needs the God. 
We, we might bring the rich young ruler right into this room and, and have an opportunity to share the gospel with him only to watch the rich young ruler say, uh-uh. And we've left behind the little child, the publican, the blind man, who, if they would hear the gospel, would respond to it. That's the God that we're talking about today. That's the God that we have. I want you to see who it is that Jesus welcomes in to his sight. We're in chapter 19. Take a look at chapter 19. Let me show you one more that's uh, here. It says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. Ever heard of him? So, is Sean here? Where you at, Sean? There you are, Sean. I'll never forget this. When Sean, I don't know how old was Sean back then. Do you guys remember? Was he three or four? Now, Sean, I love you. You know that, right? But Sean is like me. He's height challenged. And so when he was three or four, he was, he was literally, and so we had an Awana night where they would dress up like a Bible character, and he dressed up like Zacchaeus was a wee little man. He was carrying a money pouch around. I don't know if you even remember doing that, Sean. I've never forgotten that. It was like, as soon as you saw him, you knew exactly who he was. That's Zacchaeus. Oh, it was fantastic. I loved it. Here's Zacchaeus, right? He, he's, he's wanting to get to Jesus. There's an amazing part of this story, Christian. There's an amazing part of this story. Because it says, keep going, it says, Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus where he was and could not because of the press. What is the press? It's not, by the way, CNN, and although they do get in the way sometimes. But in this scenario, what is the press? The crowd. It's because of the crowd. Could not because of the crowd. And it's an amazing thing. The people who are following Jesus are getting in the way of people who want to meet Jesus. It's a, it's a crazy thought. But we've seen it with the little kids, with the publican, with the blind man. If we're not careful, Christian, this is us. God's desire is to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. And all too often, we're trying to handpick who it is that God is going to save. And the one that is handpicked spits on the gospel and walks away. And the others who are forgotten by the crowd, who are rebuked by the crowd, who are passed by by the crowd, those are the ones who come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Take a look at the story. You know what it is. You know the story, but let's finish it out. And he ran before and climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. You, know, you guys know that song. Remember that? Uh, children's Church, right? For to see a uh, tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came, I love this, when Jesus came to the place, don't miss this. Jesus came there. And when Jesus came to the place, 
he stops and he looks up. I mean, it, you, you got to see the whole scenario, right? Everybody's flocking around Jesus, and they're trying to get close to him. They're trying to get close to him, and, and they're trying to wheedle their way in, and nobody can get there because everybody's so interested in themselves and Jesus. Themselves, and that's all they're, they're focused on themselves, right? Can I get close to the master? Can I get close to the master? And Jesus stops, and he looks up in the tree. And I have to think, what in the world was the crowd thinking at that moment? Because the one thing they wanted was Jesus' attention. And they were getting in the way of this man who needed the gospel. But this man puts himself in this tree, and Jesus stops and says, Zacchaeus, you know the story. Come down. I'm going to go to your house today. And remember the whole story? Because Zacchaeus, when he accepts Christ, when he gets saved, he says, if I have taken from any of you more than I should have, let me know I'm going to pay it back. I mean, he, Zacchaeus, you know, sometimes we say when that person got saved, they really got saved. That was Zacchaeus. Everybody saw an immediate change in Zacchaeus' life. Now, if it was the crowd making this determination, Zacchaeus never gets to Jesus. If it's the crowd making this determination, the blind man never makes it to Jesus. If it's the crowd making this decision, the little child never comes to Jesus. If it's the crowd making the decision, the, the publican is still standing over there afar off. Wow. Can I remind us? The publican, the child, the blind man, Zacchaeus, you know who, this, who they represent? Us. That's us. None of us were that rich young ruler who everybody thought, oh, this person, you know, no. That wasn't us. You know what? We were sinners in need of a Savior. That's us. By the way, it's also the rich young ruler. He just doesn't get it in this scenario. I'm, as, as we're entering into this time, we're, we're going to spend the next several Sundays sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel. I want us, Christian, to realize who it is that should be on our radar. Because it's not necessarily who we feel comfortable with. It's not necessarily the first one that comes to our mind. It's everyone that God has brought into our life. It's everyone that God has brought into our pathway. It's everyone that we might pass by. It's everyone who might be underfoot and getting in the way. It's everyone that might make us feel a little uncomfortable. It's everyone that's standing afar off that would, would be easy to forget about. Those are the ones that God has placed in our lives so that we can share the gospel with them. So, Pastor, what is the gospel? This is the wonderful part. We've been singing about it all day. The gospel is this, that while all have sinned, and every one of us are the public and afar off, while all have sinned, and every one of us are in the way and underfoot, while all have sinned, and even though our lives seem like they're pretty good. We still come short of the glory of God. And there is a God who will meet you under your tree, and there is a God who will stop this morning and say, come over here, I want to talk to you. There is a God who will not walk by and forget you, but say, bring them unto me, the little children. There is a God who, when you're standing afar off, will hear you when you cry out, 
And there is a God who in your self-righteous arrogance, who thinks you do not need salvation, will still speak to you about your need. Because that God loves you. And he loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ, his son, would come to this world, live a perfect sinless life, and then willingly die on a cross as the sacrifice for your sin and for mine. And he takes upon himself all of our sin debt, all of our sin punishment. He became sin for us who knew no sin, that we, through him, might be made the righteousness of God. That's the gospel. How does that happen, Pastor John? Well, the Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And this is, this is hard. I'm not saying that this is an easy thing. Faith is a, it's a challenge. Faith is not something we understand. We walk by faith, not by sight. So I, I can't always explain it to you in a way that you're going to really, really like it, but it's this. It's, it's agreeing with God that the payment that Jesus Christ made on the cross is sufficient to pay your sin debt. And then trusting that a God who cannot lie will keep his promise. If I ask him to save me, he will. He will. He will keep his promise. If I will place my faith, my confidence, my trust in what Jesus Christ did on the cross as the payment for my sin, then his death, his suffering, his punishment is given to my account. And my sins are remembered no more. And his righteousness is placed upon me. And when God sees John Ray, unlike what you see, when God sees John Ray, he sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. That's what he sees. It's called salvation. It changes everything. Christian, who are we talking to? Who's out there that we're walking by? Who's out there that we somehow have convinced ourselves that the grace of God couldn't possibly reach that publican, that blind man, that sinner up in the tree, that little child? Who are we walking by and ignoring that God says, I want to break your heart for somebody today? Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed, please, for a moment. It's amazing to watch Jesus and who he welcomes into his kingdom. Because it's not always who we think it should be or who we, who we think it's likely for. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you're thinking, Pastor John, I'm that publican standing afar off. Pastor John, I'm that blind man. I feel like everybody's just walking by me. Pastor John, I'm that little one that gets underfoot. Pastor John, I'm the guy who's, who's just... I'm looking for something, but I can't seem to find it. Would you let God stop under your tree today and invite you down? Right now, this God of ours has stopped, and he's saying, come, let's talk. Come to me, bring them to me, because he loves you. It's his desire to give you the gift of eternity. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 
He loves you. Pastor John, I know for a fact if I died today, I would go to heaven. I can remember a time in which I put my faith, my confidence, my trust in what Jesus did on the cross as a payment for my sins. And Pastor, I know I'm on my way to heaven. As a testimony of that, would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can rejoice with you? I know that, Pastor. Thank you. Put your hands down. Not everybody. I appreciate your honesty. Can I tell you great news today? God is standing under your tree. Right now, he is. And his call is, come on down. Trust me. Follow me. I'll keep my promise. And right now, right where you're sitting in the quietness of this moment, you can put your faith, your confidence, your trust in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross as the payment for your sins. And you can leave here this morning just like Zacchaeus, just like the blind man, just like the children, just like the publican, justified through Jesus Christ. Saved, given eternal life. So right now, right where you're sitting, would you do that? Pastor, I'm not really sure how. Who shall we call upon the name of the Lord? Shall we say, call him, ask him. Lord, please save me. Forgive me my sins and save me. A God who cannot lie is going to keep his promise. Put your faith in what Jesus did as the payment for your sins. No one else look around you, me and the Lord, you say, Pastor John, sitting here this morning, as best I know how, I put my faith, my confidence, my trust in Jesus Christ this morning to give me eternal life, to forgive me my sins, to trust his death as the payment for my sin debt. I did that this morning, Pastor John. Would you just look up at me and make eye contact with me? No one else look around, just you, me and the Lord. I just want to see that and rejoice with you. Make sure I see it. Anyone? Then Christian, let me ask you. Who? Who are we passing by? What blind man? What publican? What child? What wee little man? Are we forgetting about? While the God of heaven is interested in them. God's brought them into your life for a reason, into my life for a reason. Let's not let our own biases and idiosyncrasies get in the way of the gospel. Pastor, God has brought someone to mind right now this morning that I've been passing by, that I've been avoiding with the gospel. God's brought them to my mind. Pastor, I, I'm asking you would pray for me that I would have courage and boldness this week to, to get past those things and to see the soul. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you just clip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands. Father, be with us. God, forgive us as Christians when we get busy, when we have bias, when we somehow don't have the confidence, the faith that your grace can reach even that one. God, help us to recognize that you brought people into our lives for a reason. And help us to step up to the plate. 
there's someone here that does not know your son, God, I pray today they would recognize how desperately you love their souls and desire to give them eternal life. And they'd be willing to trust you for it. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing 144. Calvary covers it all. The altar's open to you, Christian. You step out, let the Lord have his way, would you, as we sing together. Calvary covers it all. Far dearer than all that the world can impart was the message that came to my heart. How that Jesus alone for my sin did atone and Calvary covers it appreciate your kind attention and uh, we're going to be doing this the gospel presentation all month long next month as well we're just trying to make sure the gospel goes out give you a chance to invite people hear the gospel and just encourage you to uh, look beyond who we might immediately consider and consider who God might be working with that we don't always see Uh, tonight uh, again we have the uh, funeral if you're interested in this on Tuesday uh, we'll be Where'd Dan go? What time was it, Tuesday? Uh, one, o'clock. 1 o'clock, so about 12.45, meet down at Forest Lawn Cemetery. The, the, uh, the graveside ceremony will be uh, on, on Tuesday, about 12.45 down there. We'll meet in the parking lot down there uh, since tomorrow is a holiday. And so uh, just letting you know, uh, looking forward to uh, being able to share some wonderful things tonight about Miss Patty and how that uh, she's been a blessing to uh, our church over the years. 55 years plus, she taught Sunday school, the Bible, to ladies for 55 plus years. Wow, isn't that wonderful? What a joy it is. So we get to celebrate that tonight. Looking for, look, I couldn't do that because I haven't been saved for 55 years, but wow, what a joy it is to, to know that. So looking forward to being able to share all those things with you tonight. All right. Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine, I'm going to give you peace. Love you all. God bless you. You're dismissed.